the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. You have to meet with clients and colleagues face-to-face. Problem is, you may have a tight budget, and business travel is expensive and time-consuming. It's why I recommend doing more and traveling less by holding online meetings with GoToMeeting. For just $49 a month, you can hold as many meetings as you want. It's so easy, you'll have your first meeting up and running in seconds. I use GoToMeeting all the time to collaborate with my colleagues and clients. Saves me time, saves me money. You can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. But you must visit GoToMeeting.com slash K-N-E-W. That's GoToMeeting.com slash K-N-E-W for a free 30-day trial. Now, your money, your life. It's Rob Black. Your money, your life, which one are you going to do? I'll take my money. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's raining out there. It's raining, raining, raining. It's crazy raining out there. Got a good guest coming in later today, Charles Dunn of Regents University School of Government. We're going to be talking about what happened with Massachusetts yesterday and the ramifications. I think that's probably enough said. What happened in Massachusetts yesterday and the ramifications? A state that's incredibly, incredibly Democratic. Three to one Democrats uh, to Republicans, but they have also a lot of independents. So the independents that put Barack Obama into office 18 months ago are the same independents who are saying, not 18 months ago, that doesn't sound right, 14 months ago, are the same independents who now are saying, uh-uh, uh-uh. So they don't like the way the country's going. The country votes with their jobs. Always have. When unemployment's high, people say, get out the incumbent. What's on your mind today? Pick up the phone, give me a call, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Housing starts. Earning season. AT&T, you know those AT&T map commercials? Someone asked me a little bit about that yesterday, so I got home and I started scratching my noggin and I started to come up with some more answers. If AT&T is so far behind Verizon in their network, well, I got some answers for you. You asked for it, you got it. Now, Haiti, man, oh man, oh man, that is a country that cannot buy a break. You ever watch Wheel of Fortune, you just go, I hate the people that buy five straight vowels. You just hate them, you're like, you're an idiot! It just, it, it just bum. It's like, like, oh, and yes, I'll watch Wheel of Fortune on occasion. So I'm fessing up to that. It's that dinner time, television, fast food, microwave dinner kind of television that you can expect. Um, anyway, Haiti cannot buy a break. Hit by a 6.0 magnitude earthquake last night. People ran out in the streets screaming, fearing the aftershock would slap down God on them and tear down their walls and crush them. So falling masonry, falling roofs, falling shelters. So 6 or 3 a.m. it hit. And uh, it was about 35 miles northwest of Port-au-Prince. So 
not a lot of news on that. But I guess if I were to give out an angle on that is that stuff happens. You know, yesterday I was uh, cruising up and down 280, as I'm wont to do, cruising. So I'm uh, motoring. So I'm motoring up and down 101 and 280, and one minute ahead of me, five-car wreck. Now, I'm sure it was one person who lost control, who cost someone else to lose control, who caused someone else to lose control, who hit someone else, who rear-ended someone. Five lives might have got ruined. And again, you're saying that's pretty dramatic. Well, if you've ever had whiplash or if you've ever had a bad accident from behind, you're never quite the same. You're never quite the same. Maybe someone, um, you know, hit their head and they got a, a concussion. You know, every time I hit my head, I, I go, oh, I got a percussion. And every single time people try to correct me and say, no, 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 it's a concussion. Yeah, no, no. I get it. It's a jokey. It's a jokey. So anyway, um, where do I go with that? Haiti can't buy a break. Oh, look at your life insurance. I mean, seriously, yesterday someone could have slammed into me and I died. Does the life insurance that I have, will it cover what it needs to cover? It's a good question. Insurance is there for a worst case scenario. If you think insurance is there so that you can get money back, you're a sick, twisted F. There's something wrong with you. Insurance is there for a worst case scenario. I never use my insurance. I don't. I pretend insurance agents have um, hand-eating bacterial infections and I don't want to touch them. Don't want to get anywhere near them. I don't use my homeowner's insurance. I don't use my car insurance. Someone hit my car. Eh, no big deal. No big deal. I'm not that stressed about it. Now, if I can't drive it, then I truly need a new vehicle. Then I truly use my insurance. I think I'm a little low, m- lower stress than most people. Oh. I think. Me thinks. Talk to John Scott. We still don't have a contract. And I saw him in the hallway this this morning. And I said, you didn't get me that email yesterday. She goes, I shall. Who the hell says I shall? Who in this day and age say I shall? Well, I'm coming up with my list of demands. One of my list of demands, I'm going to get a new one today. First and foremost, I want Valerie Gant's parking space. I want her name crossed off in black magic marker. And I want my name put in. What else do I want? What else do I want? I want a bottle of scotch a month. And it can never get more than halfway down. If it gets more than halfway down, I want it instantly replaced. I want at least the amount of money that the guy who cleans the toilet makes. Um, what else do I want? Is there anything else? Ooh, Green 960. I want the whole station Green 960. Clear Channel owns both Green 960 and 910 AM and 910 AM. I want Corey Kalahoharty's office. He's the assistant program director, which I can't quite figure out what the hell he does. You know, there's that person, there's two people at, at Clear Channel that you can't quite figure out what they do. We got one guy, Robert, who just floats. He floats from room to room to room, never does anything. He sits on other people's desks and talks. And then as soon as people start going, who are you and what do you do? He goes and leaves the room and, and you're ne- he's not seen again for a few more days. So I want Corey Kalohartis office. He's the assistant program director. What's an assistant program director do? We got Glenn Beck, check. We got John and Ken, check. We got Rob Black, check. We got Armstrong and Getty, check. And Green 960, basically, they change the lineup every couple of days. So I want Green 960, and I want Corey Kalahartes office because it's got a window. Um, and I don't have an office. I work out of the, the microphone area. And the new, my new demand, my new demand, and this one isn't that bad, but um, it's Getz's Candy. It's Bullseyes, and they're caramel creams, and I want 40 per month. Therefore, you can go and figure out I want 480 for the next year, and I want it retroactive. This bull crap of, of, you know, we're not going to have a contract ready for you January 1. Everything I want, I want retroactive everything. And I'm now non-negotiable on most of these points. So 
What's going to be my new point tomorrow or next week? I'm going to go after something at John Scott's. It's going to go after something at John Scott's, and it's going to involve a Captain Kirk uniform. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Yesterday, someone said, Rob, what's up with that AT&T, you know? They're just getting crushed in commercials. Verizon has the Verizon guy who I strangely look like when I wear glasses. They got the Verizon guy who says, hey, we got the map. Look at the maps. And it's pretty effective. I mean, I'm a Verizon snob. I don't want to use AT&T. I don't want to use an AT&T iPhone. This weekend, I'm going to give a speech to hot, young, wet teachers in T-shirts. And um, one of the things I'm going to say, you make forty dollars to $50,000 per year. You can't afford an iPhone. If you have an iPhone, you, you're, you're, something's wrong with you. Something is seriously, seriously wrong with you. Um, you can't afford it. So there's people who work in this radio station who make forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year who have an iPhone, and they can't afford an iPhone, and yet they pretend like they can. So anyway, I totally digress. AT and T is going to need to spend about five billion dollars to equal Verizon's current level of coverage. Five billion dollars is a pretty big capex expenditure, and the shortfalls of AT and T's wireless network can be attributed to the company's lack of investment in infrastructure. AT&T would have to spend between 5 to $7 billion to get the same bang for the buck that Verizon has already spent. Now, Verizon, and again, the Apple exclusivity deal is going to probably come due to an end probably this year in May or June. There's going to be a 4G phone introduced. Everyone's talking about this iTablet. Screw it. Already talked about it. I talked about it six months ago. I'm done with it. Of course, I'll talk about it when it gets released on January 27th, but I'm done with it. I'm already thinking, what's next? And it's going to be a 4G phone that's going to be Verizon compatible. So that's what's next for uh, Apple. Anyway, Verizon's expected to be the next offer for the iPhone, followed by T-Mobile and Sprint. Sprint's going to get there. Who's this bad for? If you're an investor in AT&T, bad, bad. Even though AT&T's got problems, these are going to be bigger problems. AT&T's wireless business is an absolute engine of profitability, producing about 57% of their operating income. Over 65% of its capital spending goes towards wired infrastructure. So AT&T keeps going after that wired infrastructure. Now, again, that's not a bad idea. Armstrong and Getty are starting to do a commercial for U-verse. U-verse is AT&T's television service that comes into your house. So AT&T is kind of saying, you know what, instead of spinning on wireless like Verizon did, we're thinking homes. We're thinking getting into people's home with faster cable, faster internet, faster, internet, faster infrastructure, and television services. That commercial for the record where the dad's watching sports and then the mom comes in and she wants to watch something and the kid comes in and he wants to watch something and the little girl says, no, I'm sorry, Billy, I'm not going to stop watching Happy Pony. Happy Pony's on. And the four of them are pointing remote controls at each other. Amazing. Amazing commercial, home run advertising, home run. Now, I don't have a family of four, and I tend to push my will anyway, saying we'll watch what I want to watch, um, because I'm not going to watch. Although I did admit to watching, I did admit to watching American Idol last week. Guilty. So anyway, um, that AT&T commercial, very, very effective. And you can see that's they're trying to say, that's where we want to spend our money. And it, okay, I'm not going to totally knock it, but short term, when AT&T loses the iPhone exclusivity, Wall Street's going to be angry. Wall Street's going to be an angry god. So if I had to own one of the two, I'd own Verizon. Now, if I had to own one of the two for the next 10 years, they're both about the same to me. So ultimately, is the way it plays. Bank of America posted a loss for the year in the quarter. Fourth quarter loss of about $5.2 billion. 
they basically paid $4 billion back to the Treasury. Morgan Stanley, their quarter fell below expectations. That's a big story today. Um, earnings, 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 and what's happening in Massachusetts. Bad day to be a stock. Dow down 189, NASDAQ down 44, S&P 500 down 18. It's Rob Black Show, 9.10 a.m. 9.10 a.m. Um, you can find me online, robblack.com, robblack.com. You can email me, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. You can find me in a podcast of the show at talk910.com, talk910.com, talk910.com. And you can um, 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 wait a couple minutes and I'll be back. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. More stimulating talk. King King is not going to be part of Coachella this year. Coachella, a good chance to get out to Palm Springs, a.k.a. the desert. From what I hear, from what I hear, sex in the desert's wonderful and loving and sweet and good and all things natural under the sky and the heat. And, mm. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Any chance Charles Dunn of Regency University just heard that and he's hanging up his phone and he's not going to call in in 10 minutes. We're going to be talking about the university, uh, not the University of Massachusetts, but we're going to be talking about Massachusetts and the governor and uh, not the governor, but the government and why they elected a Republican and what that means and what it says and things along those lines. We're going to be talking about that in just a couple of minutes. 800-345-5639. Seriously, if you've never had sex in the desert, you should try it. That's all I got for you. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. China! I bring gifts from China. China, that's my impression of Marco Polo. Um, I bring gifts from China. China's trying to curb blending. They're trying to avoid overheating. Now, I will regularly say that as an investor, I'm a man who has a time frame of 30 years, 20 to 30 years at this point in time. That's when I, I want to change. I no longer want to accumulate assets. I want to manage them. We all have a number where we want to get to. It might be a million. It might be two million. It might be three. It might be four million. I'm not quite sure. The Chinese authorities today ordered some big banks to curb lending for the rest of January, intensifying their efforts to prevent the economy from overheating. And that's going to be bad, 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 bad. Oftentimes you'll hear me go, bad China, bad China. It's going to be bad for China. There's no doubt about it. That kind of thing will cause oil prices to go lower because the United States economy is not chugging. That kind of action by China will, will hurt inflation. It'll hurt world economies. It'll threaten growth of, of thesis like mine. My thesis is that I want some exposure to Asia. I want that middle class. But it ain't going to be smooth and it ain't going to be easy. Conflicting accounts of exactly what authorities are doing, but Chinese Securities Journal... They cited unidentified banking sources. They say some of their banks have been told to stop all lending for the rest of the month. So the Shanghai Composite Index fell 2.9% last night. Again, to me, I've got 20 to 30 years. I don't care. That kind of news is just me teaching you something. 
That's my goal is to teach you something. You know, what's bad for one day might be a hell of an opportunity for 10, 20, 30 years. You get my drift. Some people think I'm arrogant. The one thing that I'm not is arrogant. To prove that, you can call 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. You can ask Heidi. You can say, Heidi, is Rob arrogant? I'm not arrogant. I'm, I'm a simple, average Joe who's good at money, and I'm incredibly shy in person. Incredibly shy in person. But the one thing I do well is talk well about money. So I'm going to speak tonight to a group about commercial real estate, and um, that should be interesting. should be interesting. Uh, but I'm not arrogant in any way, shape, or form. I have no chip on my shoulder. If there was one, it'd be a Pringles with sour cream and onion because those are delicious. Those are the types of chips that I like to eat. Those are delicious. It's a big story out there today. Housing starts plummeted. Why are housing starts that plummet important? It's a good question. In large part, uh, the trend starts. starts. What's a start? Start means you've got a plan, you've got the wood, you've got the hammer, you got the nails, and you got the guy with the butt crack, the blue-collar dude who's willing to build a house. He's getting ready to start on it. So housing starts fell at 580000 in November. The consensus expectation was for about 572000 So analysts basically predicted the starts would fall significantly, and they did. This was in line. It was a little bit more than expected. Now, this wasn't the case in multifamily starts. They actually increased from 90000 101,000. Single-family homes fell 6.9%. Builders seem to be very well aware of the pitfalls of starting new construction right now, given the latest increases in existing and new home sales were propped up by government support through the tax credits. Now, building permits increased about 10.9%. That's a hell of a number. I'm going to be honest with you. That number makes me jump. When you see permits, now permits are a little bit different than housing starts. Permits are... The lovely and talented person down the road, you know, they they get a permit, they they pay an architect, and they say, you know, we got the toilet in, and we got water, and we got everything's going to go. So they design a home, and they, they submit a permit for it. Government looks at it, and they give, like, two weeks. And for the record, the, the jerks, no, 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 I'm going to say the Marin jerks, the freaks, the freaks in Marin who show up to battle every single permit. I just wish you would all get cancer and die. I really, really do. Get a life at some point in time. Now, the jump in permits was due to increased demand in both the single and multifamily sectors. Now, the increase in permits, it does not necessarily mean the housing starts will increase. It basically means we're going to have more homes down the road. Now, what's that mean to you? Well, if you own a home that you live in, you're like, boo, boo, because your home's going to fall in value. It's all about supply and demand. If there's that much more supply and demand doesn't pick up or government doesn't extend housing credits, it could create a, a problem for you. It can be a little bit of a storm, if you know what I'm saying. So the increase in permits not necessarily mean the housing starts will also increase because a lot of times builders get permits well in advance of construction, and they just sit on them. If the market doesn't rebound, they're going to let the permits expire without starting a new home. So it's not totally, totally tied into um, you know, the value of homes, but I don't like seeing permits. For instance, um, um, Bay Meadows. You know Bay Meadows, right? The horsey track. Horsey. Horsey tracks. I like going to bed on the horsies. Get my $1 beer. That's a good time. But Bay Meadows shut down. And if you live in San Mateo, you were pissed Bay Meadows shut down. Because Bay Meadows shut down. Why? Because they want to build townhouses and condos. So a lot more people could suddenly live in San Mateo. And yes, that will help taxes. No doubt about it. 
but it's also going to hurt property values because there should be more options, more, more, you know, people want to live closer to 101. So same thing's going to happen with Golden Gate Fields. Golden Gate Fields is slated to shut down. We're not going to have any place to go see the ponies. We're not going to have any place to go see the ponies. And you know what they're going to put? They're going to develop something there. We don't know what they're going to develop there. But that's the kind of stuff I would be fighting if I had a home in that community because that increase in, in permits is huge. Now, last night I was sitting around. I wasn't drinking scotch, but I should have been drinking scotch. I'm going to flip to, to CNBC. And that freak of a curly, uh, Larry, Co- Larry Curly and Mo. oh, a wise guy. So Curly comes on, also known as Jim Cramer. And to me, he's a stooge. To me, he's a clown. On some levels, I think I'm a clown. I get out there and I talk and I try to make you giggle, laugh, and understand. So, But he talked a little bit about Intel. He said, I like it because strong sales and notebook mobile markets. He talked about a company called Cooper Industries that he says, I think it's going to benefit from smart grid technology. I personally prefer for Quanta over Cooper. He also goes out and says he likes Telvent. Telvent is a maker of smart energy meters. You've heard about this. And they should do well as the United States builds out its energy and natural gas infrastructures and as agricultural strives for even greater efficiencies. So now here's the problem. In no way, shape, or form did he quantify it to who? Heidi's a totally different investor than me. We're close to each other in age, kind of. I like to think that I am. But she's a totally different investor than I am. She's my producer. She's lovely. She's talented. She's got a great husband. Now, her husband doesn't get money like I get money. So she's in a different world. She can go back to her husband and say, Rob talked about blah, blah, blah. And he'll go, and they'll fight about it, ultimately, is what it comes down to. Now, the thing that I don't like about Jim Cramer is he talks to people who are 20. He talks to people who are 100 and everything in between. I'm going to tell you, Cooper Industries ain't appropriate for some people. We're all different beasts when it comes to investments. Telvet ain't for some people, especially like, for instance, if you read the San Francisco Chronicle. If you read the San Francisco Chronicle, you think that smart meters are ripping people off. That somehow they're taking your energy costs and quadrupling them. And suddenly, if you had bought that because, you know, the clown on TV says so, you don't know what the hell to do. You're getting conflicting messages. So please, 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 please understand. It's all the for figured action in stocks ever mentioned. And note that, you know, people are clowns out there. And they don't, you know, try to quantify anything and put it into perspective. I try to give you as much perspective as I possibly can. Did you know... Microsoft is in talks to replace Google. No, no, no. Well, Apple and Microsoft are in talks to replace Google on the iPhone. That's pretty intriguing. You don't think of Microsoft and Apple as partners, but they do. They've got a Microsoft office that works well on the Apple platform. Um, And when Steve Jobs came back, he went way out of his way to settle a lot of intellectual property lawsuits the two companies had with each other. So they've actually worked a lot better. And Google, a couple months ago, Dr. Eric Schmidt from Google is on the board of directors for Apple. And now you see the Google Android phone and you see the Apple iPhone and you can see these guys really are competing against each other. So it's interesting to see that Apple's asking Microsoft, hey, let's talk about potentially putting your, your your Bing search on our phone and making it the default and people would have to go either way to search for Google, to search for Google searches. So 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Dean Charles Dunn coming up from Regents University of Government. Did the Democrats get lazy? Can Scott Brown really stop the health care bill from passing? What will the Democrats have to do to re-strategize? And was this good for them to lose a big public issue before November hits and it's a tidal wave? From Black Show, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. We'll take a break. We'll be right back.
to Rob Black. 9-10 a.m. More stimulating talk. things financial. One of the things that I I really insist upon, there's a quote by Will Rogers that says, to be successful at Wall Street, you have to have a little bit of political savvy and a little bit of economics savvy or economist. You got to be part politician, part economist. You got to understand them. You got to look at them. Last night, Scott Brown, a little known Republican state senator, rode to an extraordinary upset when he elected to fill the Senate seat that was long held by Edward Kennedy. In the overwhelmingly Democratic state of Massachusetts, literally, Ed Kennedy, he is rolling in his grave. That's crazy. I mean, never would that seat have been decided this way. It's been considered a prohibitive favorite. Um, Martha Coakley was, and she got jousted, and she got jousted pretty good, 52 to 47 percent. The independent voice of Massachusetts spoke, and this brings up health care reform. I mean, it brings up a lot of things, but let's bring in Dean Charles Dunn. From the Regent University School of Government, how are you, Mr. Dunn? I'm doing fine, and I trust you are as well in one of America's most beautiful cities. Oh, I did, did San Francisco. That's right. Have you been out to San Francisco? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. It, uh, uh, what a great place to live. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's nice. It's, for, it's a little expensive, but right now we're in the middle of a, a biblical storm, 40 days and 40 nights of, of rain, it seems. Okay, it's only yeah, been well, time before. It, it, uh, I, I heard all the advertisements uh, on your show, uh, so uh, no doubt you have plenty of money to live on there in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, we, we do okay. Yeah. So right, well, you do. I can tell. I do radio shows around the country, and uh, and uh, yeah, you're, you do very well with your show. Ah, you're very kind, very kind. Now you're in Virginia Beach, or are you in the satellite branch of your university? Uh, I'm at Virginia Beach, the main campus. Yes, Virginia Beach is pretty nice. Oh, yeah. Hey, I, I uh, lived in various places around the country and I've enjoyed all of them. But uh, it's, it's quite beautiful here. We, uh, my wife and I live just uh, uh, like a hop, step and a jump from the ocean. So we love it. I prefer the Carolina beaches myself, but I'm with you. All right. Yeah. I, I've been to the Carolina beaches, too. Yeah. I used to own a place in Duck, but I'm totally digressing. Now, a Republican win in Massachusetts... Pretty much so unheard of. Yes. Well, a uh, Category 5 political hurricane hit Massachusetts yesterday and threatens to uh, hit the rest of the country. The Kennedy dynasty in Massachusetts uh, ended yesterday. Uh, Beginning in 1946 until now, a Kennedy has represented Massachusetts in either the U.S. House or U.S. Senate. Uh, But that is no more. And uh, uh, Teddy Kennedy's most sought-after policy proposal, health care reform, is now on life support. So uh, that just right there represents uh, the, the beginnings of uh, this hurricane and uh, how hard it hit in Massachusetts. You know, already we're seeing 
uh, Democrats uh, head for the exits even before yesterday. They be, had begun to exit, including Dodd and Dorgan. And we'll probably see more now because uh, various polling firms are showing uh, that many Democrats uh, have untenably low popularity ratings back home. And uh, that will be another indication of how significant this Category 5 political hurricane uh, was uh, that hit uh, Massachusetts and now the nation. And then third, I think we may begin to see some uh, folks in the White House staff and in the uh, cabinet uh, head for the exits or being shown the exit door. The Democratic Party and President Obama, uh, the leadership is in disarray, very unsure about what they should do. The big question is, will they take a leaf from uh, Bill Clinton, who after suffering a great defeat in 1994, which ushered the Republicans into control of the U.S. House for the first time since the 83rd Congress back in the uh, early 1950s, uh, he, uh, he changed course. And he began to seek Republican support. And, for example, on welfare reform, he won with Republican support, not with Democratic support. Obama will need a change, about a 180-degree change. Otherwise, he and his party will continue to suffer uh, the, the problems brought by this hurricane that hit yesterday. Do the Democrats have time to re-strategize, focus on jobs, jobs, jobs? Because, quite honestly, Dean Dunn, if you have a job, you tend to say, eh, things are okay, let's keep it status quo. When you don't have a job, you tend to say, off with their heads. Uh, that's going to be very difficult. Uh, if we look historically, whenever the, uh, the job market gets to a point of, let's say, uh, uh, 10%, where it is now, it's above 10%, and hangs at that level, or even a little lower than that, uh, then the, the party in power loses seats. Uh, that's what happened, for example, with uh, Ronald Reagan in his first midterm of 1982. Republicans lost quite a few seats uh, because of uh, the job market. And right now, this is a job market that's not predicted to, uh, for example, uh, well, the, mo most economists would say we're probably throughout this year going to have uh, at 10 percent, a little above, a little below. And that's not enough for Obama and the Democrats to recover on this issue that's absolutely vital for them. Now, where did Massachusetts go wrong? Where did Coakley go wrong? I'm not going to say Massachusetts go wrong. Let me correct this. Where did she go wrong? Because she had a massive 30-point lead just a few weeks, few months ago. Um, just a little bit too lazy, or is this, you know, Americans getting a little bit too tired of the, the public debate on health care? Where did everything fall apart? Well, a perfect storm hit. Uh, a part of that perfect storm was that she ceased to campaign energetically. That caught up with her. If she had campaigned energetically after winning the primary, she might have won. But let's look at the other parts of this perfect storm. Uh, the perfect storm that uh, uh, many people in Massachusetts, tired of the scandal uh, that they've seen in the legislature and other leadership positions, uh, some uh, tired, uh, frankly, tired of the Kennedys, uh, and say, you know, we, we've been represented by Kennedys uh, all this time, and I heard one person say, we, we don't want Kennedys pushing us around anymore. 
So that was in the in the background, and, and then he, um, another part of the perfect storm. Obviously, the the, the job losses, uh, health care. Massachusetts has turned against health care reform, and then uh, the issue of abortion. You know, uh, Massachusetts is probably the second most uh, Roman Catholic state in the nation, second to Rhode Island. And you have a lot of conservative Catholics there. And Coakley uh, represents uh, the liberal side of the abortion issue. So, you know, a combination of influences cost Coakley and uh, the Kennedy legacy that seat. There are other parts of that storm that we could discuss, but uh, those are the major parts. And we could also say President Obama, you know, his popularity remains reasonably high, but his job approval ratings are under 50 percent. And here's an important point. Whenever a president's job approval ratings go under 50 percent in the first midterm election year, his party loses on average 37 seats in the U.S. House of Representatives. In one election year, the president's party, whose approval ratings had gone below 50 percent, his party lost 54 seats in the U.S. House. So what we're seeing is a prelude to major losses come November. This was the prelude to it. And then we can add one other thing. There's a, the old, you know, old momentum. Now, we saw the momentum of uh, Scott Brown's campaign. He ran a, an excellent campaign. But the momentum... You know, one, two, three strikes, you're out. Uh, there was the victory in the Virginia governor's race, the, uh, the New Jersey governor's race. The Republicans had momentum. They had energy. Uh, they were willing to pour money into Massachusetts. Over a million dollars came in within 24 hours for the Scott Brown campaign. And th thus the Republicans and Scott Brown were able to match the extraordinary resources of the Democratic Party and the uh, supposed influence of President Obama coming in. So those are all factors at work there. Thanks for joining me today. That's Dean Charles Dunn of Regent University School of Government. Talk a little bit about what's happened in Massachusetts and some of the ramifications and pond trickles and ripple effects that are going to happen in the coming months. You're listening to The Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Glenn Beck program coming up at 12 noon. Now, Rob Black, 9:10 a.m. More stimulating talk. I walk a lonely road, the only one that I have ever known. Don't know where it goes, but it's only me. Rob Black show, Green Day. I walk a lonely road. A couple years ago, when I got to the Bay Area, I was trying to analyze real estate because California real estate needs analysis. Eight years ago, it, it was it was tough to put your head around. And, you know, I own real estate in the Bay Area and I feel comfortable owning real estate there. But it's it's tough to put your head around because we keep hearing things like it always goes higher. Um, one of the people that I got to argue with and by argue, I mean, good thing, you know, a I'm a plus B, he's B, we'd figure out what C is. It's just a mathematical argument. It's Paul Zeger, president of Pacific Marketing Associates. How are you, Mr. Zeger? Fine, Rob. How are you doing today? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. That's uh, very kind of you. You're always a gentleman, um, even when we fought. 
Well, you know, we have different opinions, but uh, that's how you get to the answers. So we're doing, uh, you're doing an event tonight, and you were kind enough to invite me out. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about that. Is that open to the public? Yes, it is. Uh, we're having a forum to discuss sort of what's next in real estate, and it'll be held at the Soma Grand Condominiums at 1160 Mission Street. And it is open to the public, so if you're interested in real estate, we're going to have uh, four real estate experts talking specifically about this question of where do we go next. It's a pretty big uh, expectation you have calling me an expert. <laughs> well, a- you certainly have a, a perspective on it, Rob, and we'd love to hear it. Carol Rodini from Bamboo Consulting is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Rick Horst from Wells Fargo and uh, Colleen Edwards from The Real Story at KCBS. People can sign up. It's free at www.somagrand.eventbrite.com. I'll give out that a little bit later. Makes no sense right now, but Soma, S-O-M-A, grand.eventbrite.com. So, Mr. Zeger, there was a story not too long ago about Silicon Valley's commercial real estate and the glut. Fifteen Empire State buildings sitting empty all on the peninsula. Is it a no-brainer that commercial real estate is something you should avoid right now, or is it is it a location, location, location game to you? Where do you fall in this? Well, you know, real estate is a niche market, so there's never a time when you, there isn't something out there that's a good value. In the commercial world, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a commodity product, and we've seen a trend over the last 30 years. I moved to the Bay Area in 1981, and downtown rents were 28 to $32 a foot in San Francisco. They went as high as $100 a foot in the peak of the market, and today you can probably rent that same office for 28 to $32 a foot. So there's a cycle in the commercial world that is very, uh, it's, a, it's a very low-margin business, and commercial is a challenge because when times are good, banks like to fund commercial development, and what happens is we see an oversupply, which is what we're experiencing right now, and in particular in Silicon Valley. But what's interesting to note about this, Mr. Zeger, is that Wall Street has what are called commercial real estate investments. They're, they're commercial REITs. And they got hit to the tune of 70, 80, 90 percent two years ago. But now they're, they've already started to recover. And in commercial real estate that, you know, the average person wants to go after, you know, a building in their, their neighborhood, you can't track it as well in the newspaper as you can track it on Wall Street. It's tough to say if Wall Street overreacted. It's tough to say if Wall Street was right. But there's a lot of tells out there. What are some of the tells that you're seeing? Well, you know, we watch uh, several statistics, and if you're looking at buying in real estate, this is, these are the kind of things you should be looking at. Um, first is available inventory. If we look at residential real estate year over year, you know, available inventory is down 60% since a, since a year ago. We look at uh, the number of homes sold per month. The number of homes sold per month, you know, in the Bay Area is up 40% over a year ago. We look at price. Price, which had been declining steadily since 2000, really 2006, leveled off over the summer, and we saw October, November, December, a return in price appreciation in the residential market. So those factors say prices stabilized, inventories are down, sales activity is up. We're on a path to very rapidly absorb much of what's out there in the marketplace. And once the excess inventory is absorbed, as long as demand is consistent, and in the Bay Area, that's one thing we have going for us. Everybody wants to live here, and everybody wants to own a home. If the demand is consistent and the supply is not there, we're going to see prices driven back up again. It's interesting to note, and I'm talking with Paul Zeger. Paul Zeger is uh, president of Pacific Marketing Associates. I'm going to be seeing him and others tonight 
out at the Soma Grand. You can sign up for the event. It is free. It's from 5.30 ultimately till about 7.30. Moderated panel discussion. People can sign up at www.somagrand.eventbrite.com. Um, now, Paul, the, just to give you an idea on commercial real estate, you remember the Excite.com building down on the peninsula? Yeah, of course. Um, it was a beautiful building. It was eye candy. Excite goes out of business. Years pass, years pass, years pass. Three years later, a hospital's in there. Um, commercial real estate, you know, Cathedral Hill right next to Cron TV, hotel for years and years and years, gone. And what's going to go in there? Hospitals are going to go in there. So some commercial real estate evolves. What's the current demand for uh, commercial real estate? Well, you know, it's all driven by job formations. And so in a contracting economy, you very often see, you know, businesses cut people, don't need space stop expansion. So if you've got a lot of building coming into the market and all of a sudden demand drops way off, we get this glut that we've experienced. Once the businesses start to do better, and what you're seeing is a lot of the government agencies have a much lower uh, you know, peaks and valleys in their cycle. You know, if you're in the hospital business and you're Stanford Hospital, you have a growth, a long-term growth program that's a 20-year program, and dips in the economy really don't affect that. Um, you see that their demand is sort of the first to come back. Institutional things, government agencies where there's a bunch of money flowing right now, hospitals, um, governmental stuff. Right behind that are the industries that are doing well. So high tech will start hiring, and they'll need expansion space. Startups will start growing. They'll need expansion space. And that's what it'll take to absorb all that commercial inventory. Credit crisis that we came through recently, Mr. Zeger, um, it probably hurt a lot of people's ability to get commercial loans, but commercial loan rates are incredibly cheap right now. That's the thing that I'm most attracted to about the real estate industry is incredibly low rates. Am I wrong for going after that assumption? No, it's a key driving force. You know, I am a residential guy, so I relate it much more to residential. And I'll give you an interesting statistic. The cost of owning a home today is only slightly greater than the cost of owning a home was in 1989. Now, everybody says, oh, my God, values go up, up, up. How could that be? Well, the reason is interest rate. In 1989, you had to pay 11 or 12% for your mortgage. Today, you can get a fixed-rate mortgage at 5%. And as long as those are out there, uh, it's going to motivate people to get in because the consumer is really focused on what's that monthly payment. And you as an investor is focused on what is your cost of financing so that you can cover that with your rent. And if the financing is inexpensive, rents don't have to be so high in order to support the you know, profit in the, in the business. So tonight, uh, when I did I incorrectly invite people to the cocktail reception, or, or is that no? A- that's perfectly okay. We want everyone to come. We'll start with cocktails at five thirty. Uh, the program will start around six fifteen. It's going to be a very active uh, conversation, specifically addressing today's world and is this a good time to invest in real estate, particularly residential real estate. And, uh, you know, Soma Grand has parking and will be validating. It's right on at the corner of Mission and 8th or close to the corner of Mission and 8th. And uh, we'd love to have the world there. Paul, let me ask you one final question. Sure. Because I love real estate for a long-term patient investor who's well-qualified, who can ride out the downturns. But California, eight years ago, it was like a, it was a gold rush. I saw people who were crack addicts with no teeth. <laughs> they they were going to real estate seminars trying to get rich. This is not a real estate seminar, but it is about being properly qualified to become a real estate quote unquote investor. Well, you know, it's it's you need to understand the mechanics of it to make it work for you. Um, real estate 
particularly residential, generally is more of a way to provide housing for yourself. And a quest that everybody in the Bay Area has is how do we lock in housing at today's cost so if we think it's going to appreciate over the next 20 years, we don't get uh, you know, forced out of the market because it gets so expensive. So that's the benefit of home ownership. And if you look at it as, hey, if I invest in a piece of property that I own, it will keep my cost of living down over time. Secondly, it may appreciate in value. So it's sort of a forced savings program where at the end of the day you can cash out and you've got some equity to use for you know, retirement or whatever. So thanks very much for being with me, Paul. I'm going to give uh, the contact information. People can sign up at somagrand.com or they can go to somagrand.eventbrite.com. I'll see Paul tonight. He's an old friend. Um, he's not a nemesis. We sometimes disagree on real estate. I think I'm sometimes more right than he does. Sometimes he's more right than I am. So it's 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 an argument. You really got to educate yourself on it. So tonight I'm going to be speaking part of a panel. Again, Carol Rodini from Bamboo Consulting. She's got extensive background in California real estate. Me from TV, from Forbes, from Fox, CBC, Bloomberg. I got the Wall Street angle on it. Rick Horse from Wells Fargo. Obviously some intricacies of project management. And uh, the moderator is going to be Colleen Edwards. I don't know if I'm up to this panel. Let's be quite honest with you. It's a little bit out of my, um, it's a little deep end for me. It's a little deep end. Uh, but that's going to be tonight. And then again, you can sign up at somagrand.eventbrite.com. It's going to be on the penthouse. It's a new lifestyle condo place. Um, it's pretty cool. It's chic if you've never been from 530 to 730, 530 to 730 tonight at the Grand. And you can sign up at somagrand.eventbrite.com. I'm going to give that to our web producer and maybe he can... Uh, Put something up at talk910.com, talk910.com under Rob Black, and uh, you can go sign up for that. It's Rob Black Show, 910 AM, more stimulating talk. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.